the scriptures to us this morning. Reading this morning is from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 to 23. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him, who fills everything in every way. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Lisa. Good morning. How are we this morning? Um, I'm a little bit excited. I'm just looking to see if I can see it. Oh. Richard Corbell might be a little bit excited. I don't know um, who else, but um, actually, before we get into that, let's pray. <laughs> Father, we want to thank you for um, today, for a, a new day. And even though we might wake up and see uh, grey clouds and a bit of drizzle and uh, stuff like that, um, it's so good to be alive. It's so good to know you. And uh, to wake up uh, and be able freely to praise you and bring glory to your name. So we want to thank you for uh, uh, this morning and this time we have together. And we ask that you would speak now um, through your words and through what uh, you've placed in my heart to share this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, I don't know how many of you know, I know some of you know, because I've mentioned it before, I can see another Corbell over there who might be um, uh, interested in this. Um, I'm a Spurs fan. And if, if you've been, now obviously they've been in the news a lot this week from Tuesday night, okay. Um, if you don't know what's happened, um, Spurs sat their amazing manager on Tuesday night and uh, appointed a new one on Wednesday morning. Um, and uh, essentially, if you look at the trajectory of um, this football team uh, in the Premier League, who last year finished fourth in the Premier League and were champion, uh, Champions League runners-up, um, they've had a terrible, terrible season. They have not won an away game since January. That's like 11 months. I mean, it's terrible. 
And, um, <clears throat> and I was thinking about this and how, um, you know, uh, for whatever reason, after the Champions League final, something happened to, uh, I believe, to Mauricio Pochettino. Pochettino. Now, the, who was the manager of Spurs. And there might be different takes on this about what actually happened and, you know, what the press are reporting and all of that. Um, there were some players who were unhappy with their contract situation and it seems like that he couldn't get on top of that and they lost their form, these particular players. Uh, just weren't as good as normal. Uh, a few other issues going on around the team. <clears throat> but one thing I can be certain of is that over the last uh, probably year, just under a year, um, it's felt like Pochettino has not been himself. Um, he's not been at the training ground as much as possible, uh, as much as he was before. He uh, just does not look confident. And whenever he's interviewed after a match, it's sort of excuse after excuse <clears throat> after excuse. And it got to a head. Now, he's done an amazing job at Spurs and brought them from not being such a great team to being a much, much better team. Still haven't won any trophies. Uh, not really. They won the Audi Cup. Who knows what that is? Um, so they haven't won very much. But, um, uh, and there's this thing, you watch the, the manager and he's like floundering, floundering around in the dark. It seems like he's not on point. And now it's interesting because if, if you've read the news, it's hard to avoid it this week. Um, they've appointed Jose Mourinho, probably one of the most famous football managers in the world. Certainly the most, probably the most successful in terms of his past, um, quite a character by all accounts. But if you watch Spurs play yesterday, it was like watching a different team. Suddenly they found their form again. And suddenly they looked like a team that could do something different. They played brilliantly and, okay, the last 20 minutes wasn't the best. But for the most of the game, they were like a different team. What happened? Well, they brought in a new manager and he's come in with fresh vision, fresh hope. And the whole hope of the team has transformed. And suddenly, they're playing together again like a team. Now, whether they'll sustain that, we don't know. So we'll find out. I hope so. Anyway, how many of us, I wonder, we're talking about um, discernment this month. And we're thinking about perhaps slightly the bigger picture beyond ourselves. We're talking about discerning things for uh, the, the church family. I mean, we're all involved in that. But it's interesting, when we start to talk about this and go after it, I wonder how many of us are experiencing something that doesn't feel like we're discerning very much. Uh, and perhaps I mean this more at a personal level than a, a church family level. Um, I, I have this sense... Um, just a sense from the Lord that there are people in our church family in the personal sphere who feel like they're, you know, perhaps a little bit like Mauricio Pochettino, um, floundering around in the dark. If I change the analogy to sailing, for example, maybe we're good at putting our rudder down and steering to certain things. So we know that, uh, for example... Uh, we love, if we're in a home group, that we love that and we steer ourselves toward that and spend time, you know, exploring that and it becomes a source of 
hope and life for us. Maybe we steer the rudder so that the boat heads towards our family and we connect with our family, uh, whether that's our unique family unit or our wider extended family, and we're reaching out there, we're, you know, experiencing hope or something there, or we've got, we just feel that I know what my role is here uh, in this sphere. Or maybe we steer it towards our workplace, whatever that might look like, or and a particular area of ministry that we know we're involved in, and we can give of ourselves towards that thing. But it might feel like we're popping the rudder down this way, and then this way, and then this way. And then when people come to us and say, can you do this, can you do that? Well, I don't really want to, but I feel I should because I've got no excuse to say no. Maybe you experience that. It's this idea that we're pulling the rudder up and dropping it again, um, and we're switching between the two. Uh, another story very quickly. Um, <clears throat> some time ago, um, and I have referenced various occasions where I've done this, but some time ago um, I was sailing with some friends, and we decided to sail, we're in uh, Scotland, and we decided to sail across this piece of water, which has got a horrible name, it's called the Minch. And um, it's the sort of channel between the Inner Hebrides and the Outer Hebrides um, on the west coast of Scotland. <clears throat> and we decided to go from, <clears throat> we were at uh, one of the stations on the Isle of Mull, and we decided to sail over to South Uist, which is in the Outer Hebrides. And to get there, you have to go across this channel called the Minch. And um, that day, there was a huge swell. And um, if you see the, the black um, awnings here, I don't know what they're called, is it? Awnings, but I don't know what else to call them. Uh, the black fabric things there. Um, the swell was probably about that deep. Um, so, you know, the waves are not sort of curling over because you're in the middle of the ocean, but the boat is sort of going up and down quite a lot. And we had to set our bearing. And we knew that to get to South Uist with the tide doing what it was doing and the ocean swell doing what it was doing, that we had to set our bearing on this course. Um, and so, and I can't remember the actual bearing that it was, but it was, I, I, I just don't know. But let's just for argument's sake, say it was a, a bearing of, you know, 90, okay? And so we have to keep the boat as much as possible on that bearing. Uh, the bearing of 90 degrees, because <clears throat> if we veer off it, we're, we're going to end up somewhere else, because it's quite a long stretch, this um, sea. And so we're in the thing, and the, the wind picks up, and it's beautiful. And when the wind picks up, and you can get more speed out of the boat, it's so tempting to do it. But to do it, you have to catch the wind and sail really close to the wind. And when you do that, you get this, what's called the heel on the boat. And the boat, rather than sort of being flat or just slightly lifted to one side, when you get to catch the wind and you're so close to the wind, the boat comes right up like this. And it's exhilarating because it crashes through the sea. And it just it feels amazing. And I was helming. <clears throat> I wasn't a skipper, but I was at the helm. And I was like, this is such fun. <clears throat> and I kept slightly going closer to the wind so that we could get this exhilarating feeling, and everyone was sort of whooping and loving it. Um, and then Callum, the skipper, kept coming back saying, Jim, hold the bearing. Hold the bearing. Because he knew that if we came off the bearing too much, we'd end up and we'd miss the, the, isle, the whole island 
of South Uist. So of Uist. So here's this thing that you have to keep your bearing. And when you know what the bearing is, you know you're going to arrive at that destination. And if we veer off, we're not going to. So um, <clears throat> what does that mean for us here today? I wonder how many of us feel like we flitter between this bearing and that bearing uh, with the different things that we're involved with. And I, I want to suggest to us that we need to set a bearing that kind of carries the direction of our life. Now, there is the core bearing, which sort of, I guess, um, came up in the reading today. Um, the bearing which is for all disciples of Jesus. <clears throat> and, um, you know, this is the, the core thing that we um, mustn't lose sight of. Um, you know, Paul says this, he says, I do not, uh, sorry, um, yeah, I do not cease to give thanks for you, uh, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know uh, what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. You know, which is the core bearing for us all, the bearing that is setting your life's course uh, on the gospel. That Jesus came to this earth, died for our sins, set us free so that we could live in a perfect relationship with him. Really obvious, very simple stuff. And that's the core bearing, of course, for all of us. But what's the unique thing? You know, when Leif Hetlin was here, he talked about special source. What's your special source? The, the thing that the Lord has for you to bring in whichever environment you might be in. So what does that bearing mean and look like? And I wonder how many of us feel that we know what that is. We know where the church is heading. We've got 2033, and, and we know what we're seeking to do and what we're seeking for the Lord to do among us. But do we know what our part to play is? And do we think, oh, I'd like to do that, 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 and that? And it's actually too much and it's too distracting. What's the unique gift mix that the Lord has placed in our hearts as individuals so that we can partner with him in bringing around this extraordinary uh, vision the Lord has released here? And I want to help us find a way to know what that bearing is. Because it's so easy to lose sight of it. And we get distracted because we want to sail close to the wind where life feels exciting. And so we think, well, I don't know what the distractions are for you. There could be anything. But I, I don't need to go into that because... But what my, I've had two suggestions this morning that I think will really help us in this process. And it's the reason I picked the passage this morning. In Paul's letters... Uh, most of them, at the beginning, he sort of does this bit of thanksgiving. And he says in them, and you'll find this in Ephesians that we're looking at, it's in Philippians, um, it's in Colossians, um, 
It's in uh, Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians. Um, he does this thing where he says, I thank my God for you because, and then he lists a number of things. And I want to suggest to you that a key thing to do at this stage in our life is to pray these scriptures over your life. And how do we do that? It's really simple. Let's look at this one that we had read out this morning. He says, for this, reading, for this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So here's what we would do. If I'm praying this scripture over my life, I would say something like this. Um, I thank you, uh, Lord Jesus, I thank you, the Father of glory, that you have given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of yourself. I thank you, uh, moving to verse, uh, this writing says, well, verse 18, I thank you that um, the eyes of my heart have been enlightened, that I now know what is the hope to which you have called me, that I know the riches of your glorious inherit of my glorious inheritance in the saints, uh, that I know what is a measurable greatness of the power towards me who believe, according to the work of your great might, that you worked in Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him at your right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority, in this age and the age to come. Do you see, you take the scriptures that Paul is speaking of here and apply them. Let's do um, 1 Corinthians 1, verses uh, 4 to 9, um, is another one here. And Paul says, um, he says, I give thanks to my God always for you, because of the, uh, the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you were enriched in him, in all speech and all knowledge. So we pray like this. We say, um, Jesus, I thank you um, that in every way that you've been enriched. Sorry, I, I'm just, it's because I'm doing this in front of you. It doesn't feel as natural as normal. So um, I give thanks, Father, that uh, because of the grace of God that was given to me in Christ Jesus, in every way I have been enriched in him, in all speech and in all knowledge. How many of us struggle with the things that we want to say in a given situation or feeling like we don't have the knowledge? So we pray this scripture over our lives because this is the truth. This is what we have been given. It's what Paul is, you know, trying to win for us. I mean, Jesus has done that, but he's trying to apprehend it in a way that it becomes real for us. And so we pray it into existence. Even in the testimony about Christ uh, that was confirmed among me, uh, among us or among, you know, confirmed to me, so that I am not lacking in any gift as I wait for the revealing of the Lord Jesus Christ who will sustain me in the end. 
guiltless in the day of my Lord Jesus Christ. Do you see? So when we take these scriptures and we pray it like that, it starts to stir something within the core of our spirit. And we can start the day in a place of desperation. But as we start to pray the scriptures over our life, yes, we need to do a little bit with the language to personalise it. But as we do that, we find that our spirit connects with the word of God. And suddenly we start to feel stronger and stronger and stronger. And through that, a bearing comes. I know who I am. I know what he is calling me to do and to be. And out of it just come simple things like, I know how to behave in this situation that is complex and difficult. So that's the first thing. Praying the scriptures into existence. I promise as we do that, things will shift. And we will start to see um, things move. The other one may or may not it will be relevant for us all, but it may or may not um, be really easy for us to do. It depends. Um, something I picked up from somebody, and I, I don't quite remember who it was, um, but on the back of it, Dolly bought these little card booklets on Amazon, and I, I said for herself, and I went, oh, what a brilliant idea. Um, can, you get, can you get a couple for me? And what I've done, so this, um, these are just, um, you know, it's a little ring full of little, you know, cards. And I've written on them all the prophecies that have been spoken over my life, um, you know, as long as I've been a Christian. Now, there are some that I missed from when I was younger, and I don't have any more. But this goes back to 1992, and um, this, this one stops in 2013. There's quite a lot of years worth there of, of prophecy. And what I've done is, you know, sometimes when people prophesy me, it's really long. And I've just condensed them to the core points. Um, and if I feel like I've lost my bearing, if I feel like I don't quite, you know, I'm not feeling myself today, this just lives on my desk. And I pick it up and I flick through it. And I come back going, wow. And I, I don't want to sort of, you know, these are just some of the things that the Lord has um, spoken over my life. But, you know, one of the very early ones was really simple. Um, Psalm 91, verses 14 to 16. Because he loves me, says the Lord. It starts with that. It's speaking about David, but we can apply it personally um, to our lives. Um, and it says, I will bless him. I will protect him. I will... Uh, 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 because he acknowledges my name, uh, he will call upon me, I will answer him, I will be with him in trouble, I will deliver him. So again, that's a pure scripture, but it was given to me as a prophetic word um, after my A-levels. I could flick through anywhere on here, and um, here we go, um, 1995, um, uh, in Varenen, which was uh, something I went to, um, and I've got here... Um, God commissioned myself uh, and a number of other people. And, and this is uh, some friends of mine. Uh, we were up in the mountain when this happened and we were praying. And God commissioned us into a new authoritative leadership. Now at the time, we were about 20, 21. And we all got this prophecy 
And um, some of the people on this prophecy are now members of this church. Um, and, um, uh, and I'm not going to say who they are because I don't, I don't think that's appropriate here. But um, it was a simple thing and we prayed for each other, for ministries to arise out of it. And, and it's happened, you know. Um, so there's another one and it reminds me, what did God say back then? What's he doing um, now, or here we go, uh, no, I'm not going to do that one. No, it's, it's really good, that's why I'm not going to do it. <laughs> um, one time, uh, 2004, I cannot remember her name, it's so frustrating, but there was a prophet, South African prophet, who came to the church I was at in London at the time, and she prophesied over a number of people in the church, and she prophesied over me, and she said, uh, a number of things, but authority came up again. She says, you have an ability to make everywhere a training camp. I see that you have a quiver full of lots of arrows, uh, a golden crown on your head with authority. You're an enabler and a father figure, um, a man of strength, humility, and gentleness. And you know, I, I can read this and go, Jesus, thank you. And it sets me back on the path of the journey he's placed me on. Now, I want to encourage you, if you've never done anything like this, if you don't have the prophetic words there that people have prayed over you, just get them. It's not difficult. All you have to do is say, hey, look, can you pray for me? I just want a bit of direction. And people can pray and the Lord will speak. He might give you scriptures. It might be something about your personality or character. There could be something more. Just coming into chair one, that language we're using from Leif, you know, the chair of sonship, and just going, yes, I, you know, I recognize who I am in my spirit. Jesus, I'm your son. What do you want to say to me today? And he might say something, you know what? Um, you are such an incredible evangelist. Now, we might not hear that because we might be too scared, but... He might say something like, you are so good at chatting to people. That's because I've put in you the heart of evangelism. Now, you might, know that, you might not know that that's what it is. You think you're just sociable. Probably it's an evangelistic calling. And it's trying to discern what are these things. So let's get people praying for us and speaking over it. Let's not, prophet let's not do prophetic abortion. All right? Prophetic abortion is when we get loads of prophetic words and we put them in a drawer and we forget about them. The Lord doesn't speak for us to forget what he said. He speaks because he needs us to hear his voice. And when we ignore that, we abort those prophecies. And that's not what we want to be doing. The prophecies are important. And they... they uh, they give us that steering, that bearing to keep us on track. So well, if you can take a day or something, get all the little journals or all the bits of paper that have been given to you over the years, if you can find them, or remember what are the things that God has said and write them into a little card booklet like this. If you don't have them anymore, don't beat yourself up about it. That's okay. Don't let the enemy come in and bring you know, division but write them down. The stuff you can remember, write it down. And if you need a fresh download, just ask him for it. And trust the first thing that he says. 
Those are just two simple things that I really believe will make a huge difference in helping us find that bearing and reconnecting with, so we're not flitting from one thing to the other, but whatever it is that's, you know, mix, the mix of our life, we know where we're heading and those things can fit with, uh, in, within that or around it, should I say. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word, both the scripture, which is so important in guiding our lives and for training, correcting um, in righteousness, rebuking and encouragement, but also for the things that you have spoken over our lives directly to us or through the hands uh, or the voices of the prophets um, or our brothers and sisters in Christ who have given prophetic words and senses to us over the years. And may we be a people who hold dear the things you've spoken over our lives. That they would feed us and stir us from deep within and bring that bearing so that we feel rooted and established in love. Hey. And we ask this in Jesus' name. things uh, that's so great about Jesus is Jesus didn't just teach he then did it didn't he so what I'd love to do as we come into land of this service is just have an opportunity to put into practice uh, what Jim has just challenged us um, there may be some of us here who've got stacks of prophetic stuff like Jim has said or words that people have given us over the years who here might feel like they haven't really got any yeah, maybe one or two, and, um, and that's okay. I think we're entering a new season in the life of the church where even if we've got a big thing on our desk, um, it might be that we need to know what God is saying now. And so here's, here's the thing. I thought what we could do as we close this service is I'm going to invite the guys who are praying here at the start, plus the host team from the nine. Um, I'd love to offer you the opportunity to receive a prophetic word. So whether you've got 50 at home, or whether you've got none, you can get one today. And what's really important is that the prophetic word, and if that language is unfamiliar, it's Bible language, um, 1 Corinthians 14, uh, verses 1 to 3, it says, Eagerly desire the gift of prophecy, which is for strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Who would like to be strengthened this morning? Who would like to be encouraged? Who would like to be comforted? Who's ready for a coffee and wants to get home? <laughs> so what we're going to do is, um, now here's the thing with the prophetic word, as Jim